You're listening to Renewing Religion, a podcast about worship, social duties, and spirituality featuring an overview of Imam al-Ghazali's Ihya. This podcast is brought to you by Seekers Hub. This Ramadan, our goal is to raise $75,000 in monthly donations to build a global Islamic seminary so that dedicated students all over the world can complete their journeys and become Islamic scholars. You can help them by becoming a monthly donor at seekershub.org slash donate. الذي لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين وصحابته الصالحين الغر الميامين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله صلاة تنجينا بها من جميع الأهوال والآفات وتزكينا بها من جميع الأهواء والشهوات وتطهرنا بها من جميع السيئات وتقضي لنا بها جميع الحاجات وترفعنا بها أعلى الدرجات وتبلغنا بها أقصى الغايات من جميع الخيرات في الحياة وبعد الممات السلام عليكم ورحمة الله كيف حالكم؟ الحمد لله so we're looking today at the beginning of the second quarter of Imam al-Ghazali's, rahimahullah, his famous Ihya. And it starts with the adab of eating, the etiquettes of eating. And uh, to recall now, we've just finished the first quarter. And the first quarter was about essentially ibadat. He dealt with iman in the beginning then the majority of the remainder of the chapter was about ibadat. The last two sessions we looked at dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, dua of Allah, and the importance of having a structured, uh, a day structured around the litanies of remembrance or awrad. Now he begins this second quarter on the adat, on the daily sort of mundane activities in life. And the first one, which is one of the most common activities, is eating. Because up uh, in, on the hierarchy, in the hierarchy of our material needs, eating is uh, very close to the top. But note that he bridges between the two chapters, between the two quarters, with dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then he begins the chapter, uh, the quarter of adat. This bridge is important, because any ada, any mundane activity, can become an ibadah by virtue of the intention, and by virtue of the presence of one's heart. That is, that any mundane or uh, worldly activity has the potential to become sacred and spiritual with the right conditions and with the right frame of qalb. So we begin the chapter on eating and we find that the thread of spirituality 
that uh, Imam al-Ghazali wants to teach us and to emphasize in every aspect of our deen, it runs very vividly throughout the entire chapter. That eating can become a profound spiritual and sacred activity uh, and an activity which draws us nearer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if done in the right spirit. So, the act of eating. So eating has its etiquettes and its uh, adab and it has its akhlaq, uh, its values and its morals. And the etiquettes of eating, uh, the way in which we eat, the way in which the sharia um, enjoins us and recommends us to eat, those are born from the akhlaq and the values of our deen. And those akhlaq are actually born and have their nascence in the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is experienced by the qalb and experienced by the heart. So put in this way, when my heart is in tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through dhikr and thikr, divine remembrance and reflection and dua, then that heart becomes beautified by certain values, becomes beautified by certain akhlaq. The akhlaq like, for example, being patient. The akhlaq like having gratitude, being in remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, being satisfied uh, and content with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants and decrees, being humble, uh, being in a state of tahara or cleanliness, being in a state of shyness, modesty and bashfulness, haya, being in a state of ana, which is doing things slowly and deliberately. All of those values are born from a heart which connects to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of those values are the fruits of tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because our akhlaq is really what we are like on the inside. It's the image of our qalb. It's the image of our qalb. That's our akhlaq, the way we are inside. That's the khuluq. And the khalq is the way we are outside. So I wanted to say this because all of the adab of eating are actually fruits of akhlaq, which are themselves fruits of tawheed, which is strengthened by ibadah, by dhikr, by dua, by our awrad, and those are the connections between the two quarters. In, in a very beautiful, and if we ponder it in a very masterful way, rahimullah, he connects the various aspects of deen. So what I'd like to do is, as opposed to looking at each of the various, because there are many adab of eating and sunan of eating, just for this, I think for this purpose and objective, of seeing them emanate from the akhlaq. I'm going to mention some akhlaq that I mentioned previously. And then you tell me, and we do it together interactively, what would be the etiquettes of eating that come to mind that stem from that, stem from those akhlaq, which ultimately stem from experiential tawheed and nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a heart that's gathered on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, dhikr. A heart in dhikr and what are the expressions of that when we eat? 
right? Beginning with remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ending with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as he says, rahimullah, it will be good to be in remembrance at, at every or with every morsel of food. He says, so you don't get caught up in the, in the sensual enterprise of eating, but you're always keeping in mind the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So indeed, how about, let's say, shukr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? To finish the food with hamd. And uh, not only that, but to finish all of the food. Because wasting food, uh, which is what we sometimes do as Muslims, wasting any food is haram. It's absolutely haram. So that shukr is, is, now, is now manifested in the adab of, 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 uh, you know, of finishing whatever we have, of being grateful for what we have. That's from the adab of eating, the adab of eating. From not criticizing the food, right? From thanking the host and being in a state of gratitude that the host was a means and avenue for Allah's rizq of that food to reach us. Yeah, to not take too much food, uh, to, you know, to begin with a little. And then the idea of, let's take sabr. To finish the food and also not to eat until we are full. Not to eat, not to eat until satiation. Because the sunnah is to leave some... Actually, the sunnah that is if you like, um, you know, what we must do, because there are sunan before that. The sunan before that is to eat very little. A few morsels to keep your energy, to get, you know, to, to keep ibadah, to keep in remembrance and to keep uh, alive in that healthy way. And if you have to eat more, if I have to eat more than that, then yes, but not to the point of being satiated and being full. Meaning, there should be a little bit of hunger remaining. And that would be from the sunan and the adab of eating. And that takes sabr, <laughs> takes patience. takes patience to do that. Because that is a struggle and a mujahada. Uh, not to eat till satiation. Uh, fikr, that is to be in reflection and to be uh, in recollection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his names, his attributes, his favors. So that's reflected in, you know, to reflect about what we eat. That indeed what we have is a rizq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Though you may feed me and I may be your guest, in reality you are merely keeping for me what was destined for me to eat. And that food came from somewhere else, maybe a far away land. And it was... Uh, imported and someone worked on it in, you know, on the, uh, on the paddy fields, rice fields in Japan and that grain was meant for me. So to ponder and that of course uh, um, allows me to reflect on the beautiful name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al-Razaq or Al-Wahhab uh, and so forth. So that would be fikr. Uh, how about Tahara? That is that I should be in a state of inner tahara, um, desiring for the cleanliness of my inner self, 
but also that's reflected, manifested in my concern for external tahara. So how would that manifest itself in the adab? Now, washing hands before I eat, washing hands after I eat, the way in which I eat, not with my whole hand, but with, if the food is, you know, not soft, with three fingers, and if it's soft, four fingers, and that is a very elegant way to eat as a Muslim, which also uh, connects with the idea of tahara. Uh, how about ana or ta'anni? You know, doing things without haste, doing things slowly and carefully and deliberately. How does that manifest in the adab of eating? Right, eating slowly, and taking one's care to eat. You know, eating a morsel at a time, chewing it well, you know, swallowing it, and then beginning the next morsel. And to have patience in, for example, uh, you know, in expecting the food um, and, and waiting for it. How about al-ithar, uh, you know, to prefer others, and muru'a. That is to act in a way that is um, generous and chivalrous. Well, uh, for ithar, the great emphasis on our deen, on, on feeding others. The great emphasis on hosting others, on being generous with food, uh, on eating and having others join us when we eat so we don't eat alone. And muru'a, which is that very generous, almost chivalrous attitude, um, Imam al-Ghazali mentions that not to do anything while eating, especially with others that are from the mustaqdarat, uh, meaning those things which socially are deemed unpleasant or to break the social norms and the social mores of those around me in the way that I eat. So for example, he gives many beautiful examples of that in his time that are relevant and in our time as well. That is, you know, if I'm eating uh, some food, not to dip it, for example, in one sauce, then eat from that and dip what I've eaten in another, let's say, condiment or sauce that everyone else uses. People might find that offensive or mildly offensive. So to be sensitive, to be sensitive and to be aware of uh, the social norms and customs uh, of those around me, and that's from haya, but it's also from muru'a. So all of those adab, uh, beautiful adab of eating, they have a spirit behind them. And that's what I think he wants to draw our attention to, rahimullah, a spirit, uh, a spirit that infuses them, that's born out of the beautiful akhlaq of our deen, which is born, which are born from the experiential tawheed with our hearts being near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and therefore I'm sensitive to these morals and to these etiquettes. So, with regard to Ramadan now, because I actually want to speak very briefly about uh, hosting uh, and about being a guest. But before we look at that, about Ramadan. So, throughout the day of Ramadan in Psalm, the essence, the essence of psalm is to, um, to refrain or imsak and to refrain from at different levels of psalm 
of course, food and drink at a deeper level from Maasiya, to refrain from disobedience with my limbs, at a deeper level to refrain from uh, the extras, at a deeper level to refrain from what is inside of my qalb of unpleasant and unseemly akhlaq, thoughts, feelings, and then at a deeper level uh, to have my heart be in soul from everything besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these are levels that I should try to strive for as much as I can, uh, as much as I can attain at all of those levels, because they all are from the realities of Sawm. So I'm fasting the day away from material pleasures, passing pleasures, of which food is only an example, a material example, but other deeper levels of fasting. And then when I come to the time of iftar, it's a dangerous time. It's a dangerous time because I may break my fast. And I mean that in two ways. But the way that I really intend that is I shouldn't break my fast, meaning demolish my fast or destroy my fast. And I break my fast in that, uh, in that incorrect sense when I or when I do what with food? When I forget about the presence of my heart, when I forget that I must gather my heart on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and when I indulge myself in food to such an extent, oblivious of the spirit of fasting, oblivious of the spirit of remembrance, and I attack the food with vengeance, and in doing so, break the fast. Break the fast. As though I didn't fast during the day. As though I wasn't learning to be in a, a state of inner restraint. And external restraint from material things and material pleasures. Because Ramadan is ultimately about the celebration of not eating. The celebration of what happens to my spirit of expansion when my sensual pleasures are contracted. So my spirit is meant to expand. But if I, if I break my fast and ignore the adab of eating and eat to the point of satiation and beyond, then I have lost the spirit of my fasting. And therefore, the time of breaking the fast is a very essential time of, 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 of struggle. Because I'm meant to eat moderately and not meant to eat to the point of satiation in order that I have energy and focus to continue with taraweeh and dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more generally. So that is actually very practical uh, exercise of the adab of eating and keeping the spirit of eating and maintaining that throughout Ramadan. And it is... Um, as you know, Hafizakumullah, a real, a real challenge, but one that we should, one that I should rise to. Now to look very briefly at the, uh, at the feeding of people and the emphasis on our deen, on the service, in being in the service of creation by feeding them. So with regard to that, some verses from Surah Al-Dhariyat 
that speak about our father Ibrahim السلام, and to keep in mind that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions about Ibrahim السلام, uh, that he uh, سلين, that he came to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with that sound heart that heart that is in experiential tawheed so the story and the story that I think we all know is when the angels came to Ibrahim السلام, and then they gave him salam and he responded to them. And they were, because he said, you know, قَالَ سَلَامٌ قَوْمٌ مُنْكَرُونَ They were people that were uh, unknown and people that uh, were, were probably travelers and strangers. He didn't know them. So, فَرَاغَ إِلَىٰ أَهْلِهِ فَجَاءَ بِعِجْلٍ سَمِينٍ So, Raga, he raced. He raced to his family. So, Raghan is to go with, with, with energy with nashat, with energy, uh, and with, with speed and vitality. So he, Ibrahim alayhi salam, he, 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 he raced to his household, فَجَاءَ And then he came back immediately with a calf. And not just any calf, but a calf that was samin, that was generous, you know, uh, that was... Uh, that was fat, that was plump, right? So he brought back not any food but a calf and not any calf but a calf that was generous. And he did that with, with vitality and energy. فَقَرَّبَهُ إِلَيْهِمْ And he served them. فَقَرَّبَهُ And he, you know, he, he served them the food and he put it close to them. And then he said to them, قَالَ أَلَا تَأْكُلُونَ Why don't you eat? Why don't you eat? He's encouraging them to eat. And through this, so much can be learned about the, the adab of, of serving guests. When the delegation uh, of Christians came to visit Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he served them with his own hands. He served them. And he did their ikram uh, by serving them personally. Right? So this is very much a part of our tradition, the idea of serving the guest and feeding those uh, and being generous, being generous uh, and giving them what you have of the best and uh, not feeling in any way uh, inhibited by doing that and not feeling sad or, or, or sullen that you have guests and they're unexpected. All of that is uh, a result of the akhlaq of karam, of generosity the akhlaq of khidmah, of wanting to serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation, uh, and the akhlaq of tawadu', of being humble. That is that we have the anbiya, the most beloved uh, creation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and the friend of Allah, the Khalilullah Ibrahim alayhi salam, serving their guests themselves with their own hands. Um, that, that expression, that beautiful expression of tawadu', so that is also, again, to connect the spirit of eating and having guests from the akhlaq of our deen, which is born from the, uh, from the experiential tawheed of our hearts in remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, just briefly and lastly, uh, in the story as Allah narrates it to us, the angels, وَبَشَّرُوهُ بِغُلَامٍ عَلِيمٍ And then the angels... They give him glad tidings 
and good news of, of a son. And that son was to be Ismail salam, a prophet. And from his lineage we have Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. What's the link? What might the link be between the serving of Ibrahim salam, of the guests in this most beautiful way and then the angels giving him glad tidings of a son? Yes. Subhanallah. That the generosity of Ibrahim salam, and that beautiful khuluq was rewarded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very, very generously when he sought a son and he was very old and he couldn't have a son and then to be given glad tidings of a son and not any son, a Nabi and not any Nabi from the lines uh, of whom would come Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And that is, I think, a beautiful way to connect the spiritual dimension of eating and uh, being hospitable towards others, the akhlaq of that, the adab of that, and what that produces of khair, that is, that eating as an ada, you know, as a customary mundane activity, what it can produce of goodness and of reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, generously given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because of our, the focus of our hearts uh, in the way in which we approach uh, this ada or mundane activity of eating uh, and being hospitable towards others. And then, uh, in closing, just a story that came to my mind when I was reading uh, the words of Imam al-Ghazali, rahimullah, I remembered one of our teachers, uh, Sayyiduna Muhammad Amin Air, and he was over a hundred, and he was uh, said to be the last scholar of the Ottoman Empire, because, you know, he lived to over a hundred. And when we visited him, uh, you know, at his house uh, in Turkey, the brothers who were with me and some of my teachers, uh, we, we all had this experience separately, separately, and then we spoke about it after we marveled at the way he ate. So he hosted us so generously. And his eating was poetry, was spiritual poetry. And just to watch him eat and the way he ate, uh, and the way he conducted himself, and the way he made us feel at ease, the way he encouraged us to eat, and the way he took his time so that we wouldn't feel hurried or shy to eat more, and just watching the presence uh, of his heart when he was eating was, subhanAllah, an incredible thing to behold. It really was, and one of, one of the ulama there said, it's poetry. It watching him is poetry. And indeed it was, and it emphasized that idea that uh, our imam is, 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 is really trying to, uh, to teach me and to teach you how adat become profound ibadat by the way our heart is connected to Allah when we do that, and the adab and akhlaq uh, that we that we use that we employ as we do that may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those who are uh, who are able to bridge uh, between the spiritual world and between the mundane world 
and that everything that we do of mundane activity is infused with his remembrance uh, and beautified uh, by, by uh, the akhlaq that he loves uh, as exemplified in the most noble and sublime etiquettes of our, of our faith. With that, inshallah, we'll close. Jazakumullah khairan wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to this Seekers Hub podcast. To listen to the rest of our shows, please visit seekershub.fm. You can also subscribe to our weekly email newsletter called Compass, where we'll send the best of Seekers Hub's content straight to your inbox every single week. To get on the list, visit seekershub.org slash compass.